Well, hello again, everybody. William Lutz here for the Beyond the Column podcast, and it's Halloween time. Uh, not sure where you're listening to us from, but here in beautiful Miami County, Ohio, we have this uh, wonderful tradition of rarely celebrating ho- uh, Halloween on October 31st. Rather, we celebrate it on a day before the 31st that we believe will be completely unpopular for other outside religious, sporting, or civic events. And we have determined that uh, for whatever reason, October 30th would be a perfect day for Beggar's Night to celebrate the Halloween uh, activities. So how this all began is that years ago, there was this group called the Miami County Council. And this was a highly bureaucratic group made up of elected officials of all of the jurisdictions of Miami County, uh, the cities, the villages, the townships. And originally they would come together and coordinate their activities on specific grants that either the state or federal government would work on. And as the grant world changed, so did the work of the Miami County Council. So really the only reason that the public would understand that the council exists is to declare which day will be Halloween um, every year in Miami County. It would make more sense to recreate the Miami County Council into the uh, Halloween Civic Calendar Council of Miami County, because really that's almost the only job that they have. And from what I understand, the group still meets four times a year. I'm sure that they propose a date uh, in the first quarter. Um they review the date in the second quarter. They finalize the date in the third quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, uh, they review the good things that the date did or did not do. And they begin that process. So any bureaucratic process um, that exists is infinitely more difficult than it has to be. Um, there was once a, a, a political figure. I can't remember who it is, but he said, you know, they've never built a statue to a committee. And, and so this is kind of a perfect example of that. Our Miami County council, the fine men and women of that group um, who worked tirelessly for making Miami County a wonderful place to live, work and play uh, have dutifully come up with October 30th as beggars night here in Miami County. Um, Be that as it may uh, beggars night is a really interesting night where I live. I live in an older neighborhood of Troy and we'll get dozens, not quite hundreds, but dozens of kids coming up. And really there's nothing cuter than having um, a young, a young preschooler or a toddler come up and, and beg for a piece of candy. It's exciting. It's funny. It's cute. Um, the kids are cute. They look like dinosaurs or a Disney princess or whatever. Um, but there does become an age, um, in which the cuteness 
falls off. And at the same time the cuteness falls off, I become painfully aware of my lack of knowledge of all things popular culture. Now, um, this was really apparent two years ago um, at our house. I am traditionally the one that passes out the candy. And my wife takes our two children out to go get the candy. And so a couple of years ago, here I am on the front porch uh, passing out candy. And you see a lot of girls with blue pit with pigtails, one blue and one pink. And I'm like, who are you? And, 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 and the name I'd get Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn. It, it finally took a while for me to recognize that this was Harley Quinn and Harley is uh, the supposed love interest of the Joker, which I was really, really confused about because I had no idea that um, the, the Joker had had that type of interest in his life. But um, be that as it may, I now know who Harley Quinn is. And so when I see girls with pigtails, one blue, one pink, I can now easily identify that individual. And most of the girls that ended up being Harley Quinn were, were probably anywhere from the age of 10 to 15. Now, we did see a lot of, of teenagers age 16 and above also uh, participate in the Beggar's Night traditions. And I want to be clear, I have nothing against it. You know, there's... Uh, there's something to be said for young people that are participating in beggars night, because if they're doing that, at least they're not doing something else that could be uh, socially or morally corruptible for themselves or for society at large. So if the worst thing they're doing is going out begging for chocolate candy uh, from their neighbors, well, it's not a bad thing, but however, <clears throat> And, and I need to speak about this. If you're going to participate in beggars night, you must put effort in what you're doing. It is beyond frustrating when I see dozens of teenagers who come to front my front door and say trick or treat. And it became apparent to them at approximately 5.45, that beggar's night started in 15 minutes. There was no thought. There was no type of uh, pre-planning on how this event was supposed to go. So in 15 minutes, what we've done is we've put on a pair of flannel pants. Uh, we've messed up our hair. Um, we've put on a bad makeup job, and we claim that we are a sleeping teenager. Teenagers, you, you can and you must do better. I don't want to sound too harsh, but there are people that are not giving you enough credit in this world for being the bright, articulate, genteel people that you are capable of being. And unfortunately... When it appears that you've put no thought, no effort, 
into participating in this holiday, it reflects poorly upon you and it reflects poorly upon people of your age. So you, you are morally obligated to step it up, at least put on a mask and a hooded sweatshirt. That I find tiresome, but at least there was some degree of effort. I get it. I understand it. So enough about that. I do want to speak a bit about Halloween candy. And first of all, I just want to say that the folks on Troy Z's side are some of the most generous individuals you could ever want to meet. Because I am completely amazed by how many full-size candy bars our children bring home. Wow. I mean, there's usually two or three each year. And that's pretty impressive. And of course, the number of Reese peanut butter cups have increased over the years as well. Um you know, when I was a kid, you might have got two or three. And th- that was the gold standard of Halloween candy. Now, you y- y- you can get a dozen uh, without even breaking a sweat. You know, I've, I have learned that the way you track a community's generosity, how well is this um, community doing economically, is not by the median household income. It's not by the average educational attainment level of the people in that neighborhood. It comes down to how good is the Halloween hall. And if you have a lot of full-size candy bars and lots of Reese peanut butter cups, um, the economy is doing well where you are living. However, there are still people who live in our neighborhood. I have no idea who they are. Uh, God will continue to bless their souls, but there are still people who are content on handing out Mary Jane candies. I do not know if you've ever had a Mary Jane. I'm sure you have. The only time you get a Mary Jane candy is at Halloween. They are roughly the size of a domino and it is this thick hard taffy that's about half molasses and half peanut butter and you're thinking oh that doesn't sound too bad oh they're horrible these are just hard they get stuck in your teeth the the goodness of the molasses cancels out the goodness of the peanut butter and they taste completely bland. I, I don't know what a, a tasteless candy would taste like, but a Mary Jane would be right there. There's no doubt about it. And I'm, I'm completely amazed because I never see Mary Jane candies sold anywhere. The question I want to ask those 
well-intentioned individuals who give out these Mary Jane candies is, is not only why do you believe that these Mary Jane candies um, are good candies to give away, but, but more importantly, where do you find them? Is there some type of old type candy store out there in which these Mary Jane candies are sold? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, there must be. Um, perhaps they're sold at, at small markets throughout town. I have no idea. Um, I did learn that the Neko company, the, the company that makes the wafers, also makes the Mary Janes, and I've heard they've fallen on hard times. So maybe, maybe this is the end of the Mary Jane. Which, if that's the case, I think children across America who participate in in Halloween um, should be very thankful for that, uh, because we don't we don't need more Mary Jane candies around the world. And of course, I could be wrong. You know, I'm sure there are people that will uh, extol the virtues of the Mary Jane candy, um, who enjoy um, having candy residue stuck in between their teeth uh, who look forward to the taste of blandness that a Mary Jane candy provides. Um, those people um, deserve our respect and admiration. Um, maybe they're right and maybe I'm wrong. I'll, I'll leave that as a possibility, but we don't need Mary Jane candies to have a fulfilled life in America anymore. We, we just don't. Um, another thing that Halloween provides is, is something very interesting that I've learned about the last few years. Um, there, each holiday that exists tends to have some type of music that goes around it. Of course, Christmas um, radio stations will probably begin next week um, playing Christmas songs around the clock. Um, you think about Memorial Day, you think about the bands playing patriotic hymns, same with the 4th of July. Um, I do wish that there were more Thanksgiving related songs because Thanksgiving is honestly a, a very, very underappreciated holiday. Um, but I went through life thinking that Halloween had no anthem. There was no song one could play to effectively summarize what this holiday truly, truly means. And as I went through life, I discovered this song and, and I, I tried my level best to find an audio recording of this song. I couldn't find one. I know there are videos of this song out there that exist, and I'm sure that you could listen to it, but it's a song called it's Halloween 
and it's played by a musical group originally from New England called the Shags. <laughs> now, the Shags have a very interesting history. Um, there was this uh, gentleman whose mother had a her palm read at a young age. And the, the palm reader said, your son will marry a strawberry blonde young lady. And your, your son and daughter-in-law will have uh, four daughters that will form a musical pop group. And so this young man was told this revelation by his mother, and he made it his work to have this happen. So he, he, he got married to a lady with strawberry blonde hair. Um, through either divine intervention, luck, and genetics, or a little of everything, uh, he he and his wife had four daughters, and so he made it his life's work to create his daughters to be this musical troupe. And the only problem was is that these young ladies had no musical talent whatsoever the song it's halloween has no discernible rhythm to it it is apparent that the the young lady playing the drum kit is in a completely different time zone than the one playing the bass guitar and the one doing the singing is confused about which one she should listen to as she sings the song. The rhythm not only is not meshing with the players themselves, it also doesn't mesh with the drum player herself, which means beats are inconsistent and the, the rhythm is just thrown out the window at the first moment the drumstick hits the drum. Be that as it may, the guitar player clearly does not know how to play a guitar. She strums it with no degree of finesse. It's just raw, pure energy and you can't tell if she's playing a note, a chord, or if she's just committing some sin against humanity by trying to use this instrument. That's not the worst part. The worst part is the singing. Uh, the singing reminds you of pregnant yaks wailing as they're trying to give birth. Now, I've never heard a pregnant yak give birth, but I could imagine what one sounds like, and I'm sure it's not a pleasant sound. And if you have the bravery or the temerity to go on the interwebs and look for It's Halloween by the Shags, I'm going to assume that what you're listening to is close to 
pregnant yaks giving birth. So, so there you have it. Uh, we have Halloween 2018 in Miami County, Ohio, buttoned up for you here in 20 minutes. We've, we've talked about a, a bureaucratic group uh, which dictates which day Halloween needs to be on. We've talked about high schoolers that put no effort into their costumes. We're talking about candies that shouldn't exist. And we're talking about Halloween songs that will make you regret that you have the gift of hearing. And so I hope you enjoy this Halloween. Uh, It was not my intention to paint a dark, dreary picture about Halloween this year. And unfortunately, uh, that is the only thing I've been able to accomplish in the last 20 minutes. But I hope you enjoyed this uh, episode of Beyond the Column. I hope that uh, you can listen into us next week. Never, never forget to get interactive with us. Find us on Twitter at Beyond the Column, our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash Beyond the Column, or send us an email, Beyond the Column Podcast at gmail.com. This is William Lutz. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.